one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast. The podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the saltiest stories, those salty confessionals that we love, put them in our minecart, and bring them back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. Howdy. Whoa, what the... Uh-oh. <laughs> know your place. We're at, we're at the point now oh. where if we say it in the correct order, it will be properly confusing. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we addressed the order, but for new listeners, I say Mike and Tony, and generally speaking, Tony answers first, and then it's Mike. We we hope that people figure that out by the time they, they get don't. to the salty card of the week, <laughs> and it's Mike talking very clearly, but... Some people don't. <laughs> I like a little mystery in my life. Yeah. yeah. I'd be fine being mistaken for Tony. It's not a mystery for you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys feeling after uh, Tony's bachelor party after that weekend? Batch party, baby. Whoop, 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 after whoop, that whoop. sick batch. Pretty good. I'd feel better if I did less cocaine, but you know, it would have been like <laughs> I was ripping lines in the bathroom while you guys were fucking yeah, definitely. playing Mario Kart. <laughs> we did play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, that part was really yeah. Play, yeah, half half of that conversation we just had existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to Poose Pond. Papoose. Papoose oh, Pond. I forgot there was another Yeah, there was indeed a puh in the beginning. Yeah, Papoose, we that Papoose Pond. Papoose Pond. Had a boat crew, had a poose crew. So Mike and Sam didn't make it to the boat, which was sad because it was supposed to be on the Saturday of the weekend that we were there, but the uh, it was going to yeah. rain. So we, we changed the days, but the boat was like kind of sick. It had been on for like 13 hours. Like it was very new, mm, mm. but it had this like slide and like a second like tier. But like when, when you jump from the top into the water, it was like. It's fucking far. It was probably like 12 feet, like maybe Damn. 15 feet. Wow. Like, yeah, that's, that's wild. Enough that when my head hit when I dove, it hurt the dome a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's also because I don't have hair. So there's just like nothing cushioning. There's no cushion. Yeah. You don't have like my sweet Brillo pad of hair to like really cushion it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I did stick my hands in front of me, but I think I just like kind of missed, you know. So it's like the hands went in, and then the the head directly slapped the water. And so it was did you like... face plant, or was it is was it a a little no, top of that crispy dome top up there? Dome. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a quality dive right there, dude. Yeah, but it was sick. Played a bunch of magic. Drank a lot. We, we did not, not play a bunch of magic. We no, played, we played like two games. two games of magic. It felt like a lot of magic. <laughs> it was it was a lot of time of magic. Yeah, because oh, because we played a five person game, which we, which is hilarious, because we preached that you shouldn't do that. And right yeah. beforehand, Tony turned to me and he was like, "We shouldn't really be doing a five player game." And I was like, "It's fine." And it was like a <laughs> two hour game, and we were all just getting drunker and drunker. And and Tony started drinking like like pint glasses of red wine and was just like <laughs> unhinged by the end of the game. Tony Tony would run over, take his turn, drop out like four cards, hit someone in the face with a Sarah Ascendant, and then run off to do something else. <laughs> and be like, I have well, no responses and yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I always made it back in time for my turn. So you did. You the did delays were never on me. And you won, right? Or am I, I should have fucking won. Food precon, baby. Food oh, precon right. won. Food precon like undefeated. It's because the, the Mizzix deck didn't know how to play it. <laughs> the food precon was very good, I must say. I, I was very the surprised. The Mizzix deck was my ally and fucking countered my shit. Well, <laughs> like all Mizzix the deck well, won. So, yeah, he yeah, won. I mean, so it's hard to say. <laughs> we were playing Star, which is like a weird variant format for five people, where I think we've explained this before, but, but in case it's been a while, you you know, you got five people at a table and the people on your right and your left are your allies. And the other two people are the only people you can attack. Those are the only two that count as opponents for like card effects and shit like that. And you win 
by defeating both of your opponents and having the most allies in play. Because there's some situations where like multiple people's opponents will be gone at the same time and you kind of have to like count who has allies remaining. So the Mizzix deck was countering Tony a bunch because Tony was in a position where he was just going to absolutely blow out everybody and win. And the Mizzix deck needed to slow you down so that That's the Mizzix deck could win. That the is Mizzix exactly did true. it just to fuck with me. No. That is, exactly true. That is no. definitely why they did it. <laughs> you, you just were not in a state of mind to understand nah, the, the I know, greater I know this to be true. Play. I was going to kill Nick and he fucking countered me. Yeah, Nick he was also you. his enemy. Yeah, yeah but Nick he didn't want that done because you would have killed me faster than he could have stopped Mike. Adam, if you're listening, I hate you. <laughs> Adam, you're great. It was, it was the situation where, like, you know, normally Star Battle does this thing where you have fewer opponents, so it goes a little smoother because instead of, like, needing to kill three people like a normal EDH game, you're actually only killing two. So the fact that you have an extra player is kind of balanced out by the fact that fewer players need to die for the yep. game to end. But instead, it just meant that there were five people and everyone was messing with everyone. And <laughs> and then for there to be like bachelor party silliness happening around us of like people running around <laughs> yeah. playing games and stuff. Yeah. So what happened there is that in the background while you guys were doing that, I was also playing Texas Hold'em, but it was, we had no money. We weren't playing with money. We were, we were betting drinks. So it's like, you could bet a lot of drinks. There's like fireball shots getting thrown in there. There's oh like multiple drinks, like four drinks. Basically, <laughs> was, you have to just break your old drink. Um, but I came in on one of the rounds and I was like, yo, I got this. They dealt me in. I go and I fucking won the hand. And my other friend got super fucked because <laughs> he was like, he doesn't have shit. I don't believe him. And then I had two pairs. Got him. Yeah, you did it. You done two did it. Pairs. I spent yeah. most of the weekend playing Mario Kart, yeah, uh, I played which a lot I of hadn't Mario played Kart. in like three years. And someone nice. brought a Switch with Mario Kart and Smash. And man, I was like transported back to just jamming video games all day with friends. <laughs> yeah, I think I good. probably played like 10 hours of Mario Kart. Like it was oh fucking amazing. <laughs> like I played so much, dude. It was awesome. And it was just like a rotating crew constantly yeah. of people doing like Grand Prix. And and like they were really good balanced games. Like everybody had like some dope skill that they were bringing. But yeah, I got a bunch did. of nerd friends. There's a bunch of nerds showing games. Up, yeah. <laughs> like we could have started a small game store if we wanted to with yeah. the amount of like board games and just all <laughs> kinds yeah, of games real. that people brought. There were like literally bags. There were so many board games that just didn't get played. Like I felt bad. Yeah, n- <laughs> like none of them got touched. Well, I mean, there's a ping pong table and foosball. So how many board games can you really play yeah. when you got like tempting yeah. things like and that and Mario games, Kart man. down on the table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Also, playing Smash again, dude, like I haven't played Smash seriously since college days when I was playing Melee like every day for like four mm-hmm. or five hours. You know, obviously it's like a slightly different game, like the movesets are slightly different with like the new Smash on Switch. Uh, what is that? Smash Ultimate? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. But dude, your boy's still got some skill. Like it felt good to to be like, oh, wow, like I'm actually still winning. Like I wasn't amazing or anything like you guys were definitely Oh, I was bad. I think I only won one game and I, I played like a million. Great. I did fine. The Adam fundamentals really were there. Good. Adam was really Yeah, there were some people you could tell had like been playing. Tony was also really good. Tony was good. good. Tony was really good. Tony, you I know. think, had the highest skill to intoxication level. Yeah. Yeah, that, every, is, that is definitely true. <laughs> I, think, I think nobody else that had had that many beers was able to perform to the same uh, degree as that. Yeah. Man, the sudden death matches were the fucking best. Yeah, those they did were like hilarious. three stock sudden death. It was so fucking fun. Because you can very easily level the playing field if you start everyone at 300% yeah. damage. And it's yeah, it's just the best. Like, it's like yeah, one hit and they just launch off. Yeah. <laughs> and with ultimate, you can get up to like, we had like five or six people playing at a time too. Yeah. You can go up to eight. So that was, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it was so fucking fun, dude. Yeah. But I don't miss the... Four hours of sleep I got each night on the air mattress. I no. do miss I do miss sleeping next to you though, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> when I got home, I almost texted you and was like, I miss you. <laughs> Doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to fall asleep tonight without you. <laughs> your wife next to you, like, who are you texting? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good time, that. man. It was super, yeah, super it was fun. Great. And Tony, you got some cool friends. It was yeah. awesome having 12 people that could all all hang, you know? I think it's yeah. rare to have like a group, like multiple groups of friends that you can like melding pot and just like bring them together. I think I got friends that I can do that with, but I also have friends that I like definitely can't do that with. You know what I mean? Yeah, call for sure. Call him out by name right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael. Oh shit! Yeah, Mike. Uh, oh shit! Wow, doxed. Yeah, yeah you, just got you can't doxed. say your last names on the podcast, Tony. Yeah, you I can't know. Do get that. a bleep, editor. We just need the bleep. That's all we need. No, I'm <laughs> just gonna delete it completely. That's sad. Um... The bleep would be more fun. <laughs> well, no fun. Wep. Uh, you know what else we did whip. a lot of? I don't know about you guys, but I ate a lot of chips. I ate, I ate so many chips ate and an so extreme many extreme amount of chips, dude. I think I ate like fifty peppermint patties. Oh, <laughs> like, like we we bought Reese's and like Reese's cups and peppermint patties <laughs> well, and like tossed those in the fucking freezer, which is like a pro move because it was like eighty five degrees and one hundred percent humidity every single day. So just like the ice cold of yeah of a frozen peppermint patty, dude. Ooh, it's the best. We were walking through the grocery store and I was in the car that went up with me, Sam, Nick, and uh, our friend Adam. And we were walking around the grocery store and someone was like, oh, I think we need to pick up some sweet things. I think they said like they don't have some desserts. Yeah. And we were like, it was just Nick and I going on, you know, a mission away from the mothership <laughs> cart to go get uh, <laughs> some sweet things. And we're like walking down the aisles and I'm like, I think I think the cookie aisle is here. Like, let's go grab some Oreos. And Nick was just beelining it to these huge bags <laughs> of, of New York <laughs> and, pep- and Reese's peanut butter cups. And I was like, OK. I can't I can't stop you from this. This is clearly their correct. <laughs> it was so clutch, dude. It was I will it was say really we, good. We had like four different packs of Oreos. And yes. anytime we yeah. opened one and set it down, it was gone. fucking gone. It's literally gone. in like like five minutes, like an actual five minutes. All of a sudden, it was just, except for one. I can't tell you how many uh, times I found like there was like one of something like, like one Reese's peanut butter cup, one yeah. Oreo in the thing. Like <laughs> literally one time, I think there was actually like a singular chip left in a bag. I was like, who fucking did this? Everyone like, was just leaving them for you, Tony. I guess. <laughs> yeah, just like consumed so quickly everything. It was it was really funny. Yeah. Bow show. Well, speaking of chips, should we oh, talk about some other salty things? Nice. Ooh, what a smooth I was literally going to be like, we didn't talk about salt, but uh, like, let's talk about salt now. I was setting it up in advance. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> At least someone's on the ball. <laughs> Love that. So we're we're not just here to talk about fun batch weekends and, uh, you know, our friendship. We're also here to talk about salt. But Sam, what's salt? Great question, Tony. I feel like that one was good too. I added a little like little a little flair, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't like that part, but oh, okay. Well, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> Salt is frustrations in the game. I'm uh, sorry. Could you take that again? I don't. I don't like how you said that. Um. Wow. Sam, edit Tony out in the the future for this cut. episode <laughs> yeah, for the entire episode. <laughs> Edit Tony out of the entire podcast, Sam. Um, (laughs) Go back and editing out to do. (laughs) (laughs) Salt is frustrations in the game. And those frustrations can be big or small. You know, it can be something where like somebody removes a creature that you just cast. Or maybe you played your commander and it got removed and then you played it again and it got removed. You know, that's kind of like natural interaction in the game. But that can make you a little bit salty, a little bit frustrated with what's going on. Salt can also be really huge. Somebody's coming down and they're lying about their power level for their deck. They're sitting down and, and playing like a really fast combo deck and you're on like a pre-con or something. You know, some of those like really heavy game imbalance issues that that completely disrupt the enjoyment or the vibe of the game. Salt can also just be someone who's in like a, a shitty mood or, you know, bringing some like baggage to the table and just kind of being a jerk and bringing everybody down. There are many different definitions of salt. From the small grains to the full shakers. And that's what we talk about on the show. Nice. Well done. A little golf clap for him, everybody. Thank golf you. Clap. Hey, give me that. Uh, give me that fucking Dumbledore clap. You guys, have you guys seen that gif? I think about it like all the time. 
Have you oh, seen no, this gift? Like, hand you on top? doing that makes me understand exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> There's this gif of Dumbledore clapping, and he's just like barely touching his hands together. I I am always looking for opportunities to use that. <laughs> we just found one. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll have to put it in the show notes. <laughs> Make it the uh, album art for <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> just a little, a little Dumbledore. A little still of Dumbledore. <laughs> Completely out of left field. So yeah. Brand, on brand, on brand, on brand, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. On brand, on brand, on brand, on brand. <laughs> well, shall we get into it, guys? Let's do it. Hell yeah. Let's do it. So our first story comes to us from Gmail, and this one comes to us from our friend Pat Rogers. Pat, hopefully you don't care that I read your whole name because you didn't give an alternate name. (laughs) (laughs) And the story is titled, I might have made a player a little salty. And the story goes. So as we gathered for a friendly game, we had six of us, so we decided to do a three-way, two-headed giant game. Woof. It was my girlfriend and I, Murphy and his girlfriend, and two others not so important. Get fucked. (laughs) 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 So so the first game goes by. I played my Narset deck, which is terribly built because I was just returning to magic and I hadn't made any adjustments. Just too many high casting spells and creatures just built improperly. I was playing it so I could have some plays, but not too many to overwhelm others and my girlfriend was playing a precon. Murphy was playing an upgraded elf precon, and his girlfriend had a custom bear deck. They wiped the floor with everyone. I didn't get to play any cards because I was so dry on land. So just total bust, and everyone but Murphy and his girlfriend were a bit salty. So next game, I decided I want to ramp it up a bit. So I pulled out my only other deck, which is Kalia of the Vast. I surprisingly... Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> I surprisingly pulled my second best hand I could get. I was excited but nervous. It was a first time for me with this hand, so I kept it. (laughs) God, this hand. A Mox Diamond. (gasps) Already. That's a problem. Yeah, this is like an insane fast mana card. A Mox Diamond, Soul Ring, a few lands, Path to Exile, and a Master of Cruelties. Oh, Oh, no. no. Baby. Oh, no. Love that. Absolutely almost perfect hand. At this point, I knew it was going to draw hate and that nobody's commanders or board states mattered to me. My girlfriend is like, OMG, you got to do it. Not quite understanding the hate behind this combo. Because, uh, oh yeah, I forgot they're like two-headed. So turn three, I got Kalia out and turn four, game. That's it. I targeted Murphy since they absolutely stomped us last game and he had nothing but land on his field. After damage was dealt, he sat there salty, looking up the rulings on the combo, but it's been around for so long, I told him it still goes through, and he kept trying to tell me it doesn't work, but I found a thread online that told him otherwise, and after all the salt, everyone else scooped, and we all went home. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. P.S. I absolutely love the show. Keep up the great work. Uh Aww. Well, to the post title where he said you might have made a player a little salty. Yeah, it seems like you did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That... It's not might. It's not maybe. Y'all left for the night. You were like, all right, we're, we can't be friends anymore tonight. Like, we're leaving. What's the question about the combo? It's not exactly clear in the post here, but like, like, let me read Master of Cruelties real quick. I think we all know Kalia of the Vast enough, so we don't really need to talk about that. But basically, Kalia can attack and just like dump out demons, angels, or dragons onto the board. Um, and that's kind of like what it its jam that's her jam. That's what she do. It's what it do. That's what it do, Yugi. Master of Cruelties is a 1-4 demon. Costs 3, a black and a red. It is first strike and death touch. It says Master of Cruelties can only attack alone. Uh, you can supersede that by you know dropping it into play with Kalia. And it says whenever Master of Cruelties attacks a player and isn't blocked, that player's life total becomes 1. Master of Cruelties assigns no combat damage this combat. Yeah. So my interpretation of this is that it's like a two-headed giant thing because it's a shared life total. You know what I mean? I think it might have been a like it can't do it because it didn't attack alone thing. Oh, but, like when you dump it out, like that is how that works. Yep. There's so many layers of this. There's one. Someone might think, oh, it can only attack alone, so it, it can't be attacking or something with Kalia when it's attacking. There's also whenever Master of Cruelties attacks, that sounds like an attack trigger, but 
that's not actually what it triggers on. It, it triggers on attacks and isn't blocked. So it can also yeah. do that part of the text. And then there's also the double-headed giant thing. So there's so many layers where you might be like, oh, any one of these reasons makes it not apply in this format. But in fact, it, it does. It still hits you in the face, knocks you to one, and then you die to Kalia hitting you in uh, normal strike damage. Yeah, this is this is the first. I, I think you're spot on with that, Mike. I think it actually has to do with the attacks a player and isn't blocked clause there because it sounds like an attack trigger. But the first ruling of Master of Cruelties says an ability that triggers when something, quote, attacks and isn't blocked, end quote, triggers in the declare blocker step after blockers are declared if one, that creature is attacking and two, no creatures are declared to block it. It will trigger even if that creature is put onto the battlefield attacking rather than having been declared as an attacker in the declare attacker step. And that's a ruling from 2013. So our buddy Pat here is correct that this is like a long standing thing. I mean, if, if anyone's faced a Kalia deck that is trying to be like fast and mean, Master of Cruelties is in that deck 100%. Mm -hmm. This yeah, is also yeah. something that shows up in like Alesha decks sometimes. Um, not in our group because I play a really weird version of Alesha, but <laughs> most Alesha decks play this cheated out and like knock somebody out in a single hit. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely maximum salt. I do wonder why that ended the play group right away. I mean, if you have time, like that's three turns and someone's dead. It's not like you're spending a long time building up a value engine and then doing something salty like this is set up turns and then the game is over yeah so in a lot of these situations you see another game happen after this and mm -hmm. that can kind of alleviate some of this thing ending on this note is a really bad feeling yeah i agree i think if like something like this happened in our group we would play a different game afterwards you know like <laughs> yeah generally when we all get together and play games in person and a game ends really salty we're like okay let's go outside and touch grass sometimes literally we go outside <laughs> and we touch the grass <laughs> and then it's like palate cleanser time like let's play a couple rounds of love letter let's play something and then like we'll get back to the magic i don't know yeah. we we've had nights where i specifically remember willow dusk like one of the first times Willow Dust came out, I, I came in hot and I like fucked you guys up and then we ended. Like people were like, I don't want to yeah. play anymore. And I feel like this kind of feels like that. It feels like you're like borderline outclassed and it was like too far. And I'm like, it's like, okay, whatever. I'm over. I'm out. I feel like it's almost the vibe. So I, I can see how it would happen because I've unintentionally <laughs> done it before. <laughs> I do think that there's a difference between like, packing your shit and heading home in person versus like virtually. Yeah, sure. Like it's so much easier to be like, okay, it's late. I just got like stomped. I don't really want to do anything else. Like I'm fucking done and I'm, I'm getting out of here versus like packing up your shit, jumping in the car and driving home after like a day of hanging out with your buds. You know, I, I think that that hits like a very different salt level to me. I think if this happened to me, I would be salty. Maybe not yeah. so much to like end the game night though. I don't know. I feel like the the thing that makes me the saltiest about this post is that when I played Call of the Vast, I never got to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I definitely have that deck. It was actually my first commander deck. Yeah, I think like, you mentioned that before. My first commander deck was Kalia, and uh, it was one of the first ones I bought too. Like way back in the day, it was in that like first. Oh, big I set. made it. I didn't, uh, and it, it was so bad. I was so used to playing like um, like sixty card decks where creatures were getting burned. Like we had no exile in the in the yeah. like crews <laughs> and pods I ran in. Like your creatures would get burned out, or they like got blocked by other creatures and died. So I had like anthem effects in there to pump her like by plus one plus one. Like it was it was such a bad deck, uh, but it was filled with a lot of ridiculous fucking like demons and 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 dragons and shit. Yeah, I remember yeah. like my first commander deck that I personally built was a mono red Kiki Jiki deck. And it was it had no combos because I didn't fucking know how to I didn't know that combo was even the thing. Yeah. Because I was such like a, a little magic baby. And I think it was like 40 lands, 50 creatures, and then like 10 random instants and sorceries. And that was like the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I remember Kalia making me a little salty because I thought it was super cool and wanted to make it. And then Tony was like, oh, I made that already. Uh, you won't like it. Don't <laughs> don't even play. It's not even fun to play against. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. I, guess I mean, he's right about table. that last part. It's he not he fun is kind of right about that. That That is the problem with Kalia. And I think we've talked about this repeatedly, but there are commanders that like the floor of them is really high. Like yeah. even if you build Kalia with kind of goofy things, if you put in some of the basic synergies, it only takes one master of cruelties getting dropped out for the game to be completely impacted. Yeah. And a little bit yeah. of fast mana being in that deck means it's a, it's a totally different caliber than, you know, the, the yeah. other deck that you were playing in the first game. Mox Diamond Soul Ring is fucking insane. Yes. Like, let's be real. Like Mox Diamond Soul Ring land is fucking crazy for a, a starter hand. Yeah. In like a casual, like two-headed giant game. You know what I well, mean? That's where it's like it it doesn't feel so casual anymore, right? Yeah, like, totally. If that's like in there. I mean, I think that that can be a problem when you like go to a game night and you only have a couple decks on hand and you're like, hey, I have this like Narset jank, and then I have my like hella tuned fucking, you know, fast mana mm-hmm. deck. And and you know, you gotta kind of factor that shit in, especially when you have like a, a quick win button like that. Yep. Yeah. But it also makes sense. Like those are the kinds of decks I would grab if I was going to play with Randos. I'd be like, I want to be able to hang in these two crowds. And there, there's kind of not a ton of room to like yeah. I'm not gonna like bring a whole bag with like a ten thousand decks and all of a sudden I'm gonna grab two decks and one's <laughs> gonna fucking so slap you right now. <laughs> and one is gonna fucking just like be shit. I am unable to go to anything without bringing like an obscene number of my decks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I know always this. like, but what if I don't have exactly the right option to match the power yeah. level of what I'm playing against? <laughs> I'm the and same then way. I still end up in mismatched pods because the conversation doesn't completely suss out what the level it is. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, I really want to play this. And someone's like, I'm playing kind of mid. And I'm like, well, this is what I want to play, so I'm going to play it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or like what, when we go to conventions and we just play fucking CDH all weekend. Like, Why did we bring these other decks? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about the salt level here? I think it's pretty high. You know, you're knocking out one of two other opponents because it's double-headed giant and, and it's a three-way double-headed giant. There's only one other pair of people after that. Yeah. So, it really has immediately warped the game in an irrecoverable way. So I think that's pretty high salt. And especially to have what seems like a pretty even kind of back and forth game. Maybe some people are a little locked out, drawing into nothing, uh, and then have that followed up by a complete blowout is is pretty disappointing. I think it's like mid to high salt. Obviously, super high salt for your buddy Murphy that, you know, was basically like, I scoop, I'm getting the fuck out of here, like game day is done. But... I don't really fault Pat for it. I mean, you only had a couple decks in hand and it's sort of like, sometimes you just draw those crazy hands and, you know, maybe you could have done like a slightly better power conversation or something like that. But at the same time, it's like when you draw those crazy hands, what do you do? Do you play it or do you show it to people? And then you mulligan. Like, I think that could be an option there and just be like, Hey, check out this crazy hand. I have, it's possible for me to knock you guys out in three turns. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to mulligan it away. But do you really do that in that situation? No. I don't think I would. Nah, bro. You fucking take him out every time. You run it. I, I've played in pause before with my Gave deck where I had like a turn two win. And I did hold on to it for a couple turns because I felt mean just jamming it immediately. <laughs> and I ended up losing that game. I got like interacted. Oh, no, I did win it. But I did get interacted with. Wow. Just humble flex there, folks. Yeah, I mean, I got interacted with, but I still overcame it and still won uh, pretty handily, actually. So, you know, and and it was all piloting skill, actually, that carried me there. Yeah, I mean, winning interaction, that's always pilot skill. So (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest salt for me in this one is the poor folks who didn't even get real names. Oh, yeah, (laughs) they just didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love like we get stories like that. I feel like we had one last week where we get stories sometimes and they're like, and these other things don't matter to the story. And it's true. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter what those people are playing, but it is just so funny that it's like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) love that shit. Well, thanks, Pat. That was a good salty story. We absolve you of your sins. It's fine. I will point out that you are playing Narset and Kali of the Vast, though. So maybe, like, find a third deck. (laughs) (laughs) 
both like super salty, like free value commanders <laughs> in different ways, though. Mm. Well, shall we do another? Let's do one, guys. Another. Give us another. <laughs> Let's hop over to Patreon. Let's hop. This there, one baby. comes to us from our buddy Grumpy Coast. What's up, Grumpy? Hey. Yo. And the post is titled Player Removal Sucks. Only when you're packing it. <laughs> and the story goes. Yo, salty boys. Yo. Played a late night spell table game with some randos. Power level six to eight, which is pretty broad. But I decided to play my power level seven and a half Selvala elf ball deck with infinites. Since I love her and I don't get to play her so much lately. Which Selvala though? Tony, anything to say there? You're like grinning. Well, it's Bay, like, you know. Yeah. But okay. the real thing in my mind is like, is it really seven and a half? Like, well, I feel yeah. like it's probably higher than seven and a half, but that's all right. <laughs> Everyone's always shitting on Selvala, so it's probably like a three. You're in the right. <laughs> you're in the fucking right. You haven't even heard the story and you're like, you you got it. You're correct. <laughs> Not even the card, Tony's just a fan of the character now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was playing against a Karuminix. Slimefoot and Squee, and Nadar. Usually in random pods, Silvala looks pretty unassuming, which allows me to develop and not take too many hard hits, meaning I don't need to throw chump blockers in the way. I quickly present a four elf board with Wirewood Channeler by turn four. The mistake? I played Uba Mask on turn five. Uba Mask! Hell yeah, My baby. only heat-inducing card in the deck. Uba Mask! Real quick aside... Fuck that card. Yeah, fuck that card. Absolutely That's plenty of hate. Fuck that card. That's so much. It, my hate is already induced. <laughs> That's a little, a little salt from you guys. Yes. A little salty. Yep. I'll never hide from that. I hope you're tasting it. I'm laying it on thick, dude. <laughs> okay, I've never done this before, but we're interrupting this story to read these two cards. First, I'm going <laughs> to no. read Silvala Explorer Returned. Silvala Explorer Returned costs one a green and a white. It's an elf scout, 2-4, legendary creature. It has ability called Parlay. You tap. Each player reveals the top card of their library. And for each non-land card revealed this way, you add a green to your mana pool and you gain one life. Then each player draws a card. So basically, each player reveals the top card of their deck. You get some mana and some life, and they put that card into their hand. This is an S-tier uh, CDH build. That comedian doesn't dare run at tournaments because he's too weak. In an A to Z range, <laughs> it is S tier. <laughs> All right. Ubermask says it's a four mana artifact. It says if a player would draw a card, that player removes that card from the game face up instead. Each player may play cards he or she removes from the game with Ubermask this turn. Now, when this is annoying is when Selvala activates not on your turn and you exile like a creature or a sorcery or an artifact or some shit and then you just can't play it. And if you untap Selvala and retap her, you can just like combo off and basically people lose their entire deck and they can't respond. So it's like it's like stealing the draw and kind of covering up the the weakness for Selvala. Like it it is a good card in Selvala, I won't deny it. But holy shit. Fucking hate playing against it's it. It's so painful. <laughs> All right, back to the story. The Karuminix player to my left quickly says, oh, so you're the threat. Uh, yeah. Correctly assumed. The others quickly <laughs> agree because apparently no one has artifact removal handy. The ensuing two turn cycles has all three players come at me, including Karuminix with two five power rat colonies and a slightly pumped up Nadar that I can chump. I develop a little more, but have nothing that I can but I have nothing that can remove any creature or get me the win, and I'm down to 15 life through the next turn cycle. On turn 7, since I have a Faith's Reward in hand, I decide, okay, I'm chumping since I can recur if I need to. I don't think I can go infinite since I only have Cogla instead of Sabretooth, but I use the Cogla to blow up an Ogre Slumlord, so if I need to chump to live, he doesn't get a ton of rats. I also play a Woodland Bellower, so with those for blockers and possible chumpers, I feel like I can make it to the next turn to possibly go for the win then. Karuminix plays his Maronar, giving all his rats fear, and takes me out. I hide it well, but I was so salty about their choice of artifact removal by player removal. Mm. Admittedly, it wasn't only that. Nadar correctly identified that all I needed was an Umbral Mantle or similar card, and I was going infinite. But I couldn't fathom how much Ubermask painted a target on my back. 
I don't feel like that was the correct call for the other two players, especially since Karuminix's board was looking pretty scary too. But whatever, I learned my lesson, I guess, that I shouldn't play cards like Ubermask. I'd already taken Winter Ore about several months ago. Oh my God, grumpy. (laughs) 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 But am I right for feeling salty for their targeting of me due to Ubermask? Is it that salty of a card? Love the pod. Stay salty. Cheers. (laughs) Grumpy Coast. Grumpy, you wrote into the wrong podcast to try and get absolution <laughs> for playing Uba Mask. Yeah. Like, love it, man, but that's the wrong, the wrong one. From yeah. one Uba Mask player to another, you must always expect to be targeted yeah. once an Uba Mask hits the table. So true. What 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 is happening is you're it's not in the same way that like Narset Potter Avails takes away resources, but you're taking resources away from your opponents. Like, yeah, they, it, that is how it's viewed. Like, sure, yeah. they get the card that turn, but they're most likely losing it. Uh, and so that will just paint a target on your back. And like the easiest thing, if you don't have, you know, artifact removal is to just go after the player. And so like, it's just such a target because, at, no one at the table wants that to happen, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think the reason you can get away with it in CDH more is because there aren't as many like big beefy creatures going around. Typically, mm-hmm. there's definitely certain metas that have that, but like at least in our meta, like they can't chip me down. They can't get me down. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I could whip out an Uba mask. And if it's early enough and man, then if you get Dranith out, then you're just oh, like, yeah. then it's it. a full uh, lock because you, you can't play the cards and you're from fucking exile. Sailing. So you're fully locked, but you, you got to expect it. There's no getting around that. Sadly, I wish I could say otherwise, but yep. great card, yeah. great place. I don't think that's a seven and a half, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe now that winter orb is out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing that happens is you know grumpy mentions well the other player was looking kind of threatening there's a really big difference between like two players that have kind of big beefy threatening boards with like a lot of creatures at them and then another player that has a really pretty limited board but a a really potent stacks piece it's like both of the players with big boards they're gonna lose a lot if they try and swing at the other person with a big highly developed like large power and toughness board like the attacks and the blocks are like a lot messier a lot more dies so both of those players are going to say, well, that guy's just got like chump blocks. I'm going there. Uh, so it's definitely something that feels really bad in the moment of like, how am I the threat? Like, I don't have damage. I, I can't kill people. But at the same time, you are secretly the threat because you're threatening a combo win. And there's like nothing to be lost by attacking you. So people mm-hmm. are just going to take kind of that easy attack instead. And disruption like an Uba mask is very tilting because like Tony said, it's similar to Narset Parter Veils, but it isn't Narset Parter Veils, which limits you to one card drop or turn. What this is really doing is it's letting you draw the card, putting it into exile and showing you what you're missing out on. And that like does something to a magic player, like psychologically kind of, I think we've talked about that with mill before Yeah, where it feels so much worse to be milled than the actual like, game state change for milling one card but you see that card go away and you're like man i can't fucking get it back and when it's in exile you really can't get yeah it, back. it is even worse it is actually worse than mill because yeah. unlike a lot of situations where you hopefully have some way of recurring your milled thing you're kind of sol unless you have like some of those weird exile recovery effects which yeah no and even runs. then it's like yeah no one runs that shit but man uber mask like it's it's a really funny thing. We've talked about it a lot. Our CDH meta with our pod, with the four of us, uh, including Nick, is so weird because we're just on like kind of strange decks. Like the fact that we have Marath, the fact that we have Sisse. Um, Sisse is a l- little bit more normal nowadays, but it used to be like a very strange deck. And we have Silvala and Animar and all these kind of strange decks and stuff like that. And it's funny because when I used to play Don Waker Thrasios, I still play him sometimes, but not all the time. I would go in the Discord for Don Waker Thrasios and be like, how do you guys deal with Uba Mask? Because Thrasios like draws off the Thrasios activations, and the Uba Mask was super disruptive because I couldn't build my hand like Seedborn Musing over the course of uh of turns that were passing. And people were like, 
where are you seeing fucking uber mask like what are you talking about i was like this is like the problem card in my meta right now is that uber mask comes down and i just cannot accumulate value you know the real threat about uber mask is that it completely shuts out orcish bowmasters <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> fucking hard counter to orcish bowmasters i'm not even worried about fucking orcish bowmasters fucking bring that shit in here like i'm ready for it just put on your uber mask <laughs> it's really just an interesting card man like i regret that i am pretty sure i'm the one that suggested tony put uba mask into his silvala deck at the very least i think i was the one who introduced it to the to the group with my prosper deck that i made at one point because it's great in prosper like in some decks it's just gas because you can cast from exile easily it's just not that big of a deal you can get some extra benefit but man it that card i fucking hate it dude i hate it so much it slip slaps. <laughs> it does. <laughs> what uh? What do we think about the salt rating here? High. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high. Like I'm sorry that happened to you, Grumpy, but like I would gonna... be joining in. I would be joining in and attacking. <laughs> yep, my rats would be going the exact same direction. Yeah, I think it is one of those cards that you need to play when you have like more of a secure board state because it paints such a huge target on you and like mike said it will it will cause other people to kind of ignore the people with really big built-up board states because it's just disruptive you mm -hmm. know if someone has a 10 10 on their board that's threatening but it's not disrupting my game plan as much as an uba mask is yeah. you know and I think it, it's also really a symptom of like combo playing I play a decent number of combo decks and you're never the most threatening board presence, but you always, if people have played against you, have yeah. that, you know, everyone knows that you have that chance of going off from there. So <laughs> yeah. even when you don't have that in hand, they have, like, they're kind of obligated to assume that you do have a way to try and win uh, in your hand because that's kind of what your deck does. It wins out of nowhere. Yep. So people are, people are going to go for it, but it still doesn't feel good when it happens. But kind of mm -hmm. knowing what your role at the table is, like, if you're the combo deck, that's what's going to happen can help mitigate some of that yep definitely and to that effect like if you ever play with those people again they're gonna target you again because they're gonna be like oh he's a fucking uber mask in that deck <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's dude. true <laughs> it's so true <laughs> yeah that is 100 percent true um also don't put dranth magistrate in your deck <laughs> do it no, don't <laughs> <laughs> or do, but reevaluate because it's not a seven and a half at that point. Like it's moved, <laughs> it's moved the drainage is what tips it over from seven yeah. and a half. Yeah, well, when you have a hard stacks lock in your deck that shuts people out of the game, you are no longer a seven and a half, especially when it only involves like two cards. Yeah, yeah, that's two problematic. Fucking crazy, man. Love it. Well, thanks, Grumpy. With some good salt. Shall we read another? Yeah, let's do it. This next story is also a Gmail submission. Guys, we got a lot of Gmail submissions, but keep sending them in. We got a lot, and I love it. I love a healthy backlog, especially when Reddit shut down. It was like nice to have yeah, that. It's like, whew, clutch. So this one comes to us from our buddy G, and the post is titled Magic Con Salt. Mm. And the story goes... Hi all, I just got back from Magicon Minneapolis and played a ton of Commander over the weekend. Most of my games were quite fun and positive, so the ending of this game stuck out. We were a four-person pod playing largely casual decks. It was a crazy combo of Commanders, however, as my Captain Ingathrod mill deck... Heard about that guy before. Tried and true. Yep. As my Captain Ingathrod mill deck was feeding a Gissa and Garalf zombie deck mm. and two Golgari graveyard decks. As the game was winding down, my opponent's yards were bursting due to an early ruin crab and a casualtied cut your losses. The battlefield had been wiped a couple of times by my main opponent's commander, Sirulf Realm Eater, and I had nothing on my board at all. This opponent had Sirulf on board with enough counters to one-shot me. On his turn... He turned to me and point blank asked why he should keep me alive. <laughs> Make your case. I pointed out that I only had seven life, one card in hand, and the various pingers on board would kill me just by accident on the next turn cycle, all of which was true. He thought about it and then turned his attention to the other players, leaving me alone. When he passed the turn to me, I cast the one card from my hand. 
Rise of the Dark Realms. Nice. He immediately scooped and said he had to be somewhere else. In quotes. <laughs> I did win that game as the other players scooped as well rather than play it out. But the Sorilf player was by far the most salty. Thanks for reading. Love the show. G. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I love I love that the Sorilf player walked right into it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. if you ask someone why they should be in the game, they're they're going to have a reason. They're going to have something to say about yeah. it. They're like, if they don't, you know, I don't know. They want to end the game. So I love that. I love walking into this. I think there's something to be said for taking a player out of the game when you're able to, unless like you can form some kind of alliance or be like, you can't attack me. You can't do something, you know, like if you're going to spare somebody, make sure the advantage that you get out of it is big. You know what and I mean? Concrete. Yeah. Yeah. And concrete a hundred percent. Right. Like it's not why should I leave you alone? It's what'll you do for me if I leave you alone? Yeah. You know, they're, they're subtly different, but they have a massive impact on what happens on the flip side of things. I still don't do this, but just fucking kill them. Like every <laughs> yes. single time, every time it's I leave true. people it alive, I regret it. I yeah. like, I'm always like, fuck, I would have won if I didn't. And like, sometimes that's not what it's about. And that's usually why I don't kill people. Cause I'm like, I'm just trying to have fun. Like, cause a lot of times I find for me, I'm in the position to do it like kind of early. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, this person's done fuck all. Or like, I just have the right opportunity. I could just kill them. And then I don't have to worry about them because their wrath will be their wrath and retribution is not light. Yeah. <laughs> I always find <laughs> like, I feel like this has happened with me and Pat a few times where it's like, I don't kill him. And then the next turn he's like, well, yeah, no, I'm going to fuck you up now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that, I mean, that tracks, that tracks. I think that <laughs> happens with Pat as well to, to the others of us in the group yeah. where he'll be like, eh, like I could kill Mike right now, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to do this. And it's like the more interesting play and we'll pass. And then Mike's like, sweet, I'll board wipe. And we're like, well, yeah, here's my board state. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it happened. All my bargaining okay. pieces for attacking you and knocking you out of the game are completely gone. Mm -hmm. Board boy popper over there. <laughs> also, it's like you're playing against a deck that is built around milling people, and everyone's super milled. You have to have some level of awareness that that's a threatening position to be in, even if they're only going to have you know the card in hand and whatever they draw into. So, I kind of have to like give the surreal player you know the majority of the the blame here of like the deck is set up to do what it's going to do even if it seems unassuming you have to assume that there's like a little bit of a threat there yeah i think if people are like truly honestly out of the game you can kind of tell by their demeanor you know like mm -hmm. usually we'll just say like i'm f6 or something like that or like I'm totally out of the game, or like I have no responses. Yeah. Or sometimes Sam we even tends do like, to like whine in the corner and cry and sulk, and he's like, "I can't do anything. Another <laughs> land, cool, thanks." <laughs> I do, and then I fucking win. I come back and I win. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you thought these were yeah, real you're tears? a determined little fuck." At the same time, you like <laughs> you say all those things, but you never concede. You're always just like fucking. If you want me out, you need to do it. Yeah, you you do, Finish man. Me. I I don't, I don't concede. You got to get me. Or I do concede, but it's, it's I feel rare. Like that doesn't work for me because I'll be like, fucking do it. End me. And then Mike's like, okay, you're dead. Well, I, yeah, I kill people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like, Tony, I think you spare people too often. I think that's yeah. like your your fatal flaw in magic. Yeah, often sure. it's me. <laughs> yes, we know. But but it's usually after you give me like a proper walloping and <laughs> and I'm just like beaten and I'm like, you're going to attack me again. And you're like, all right, I won't like, yeah, yes. <laughs> Rise of the dark realms. <laughs> this sounds like a crazy matchup, man. Like, yeah, like four graveyard decks. is like It's pretty cool. Like a mill deck and three graveyard decks is kind of like a nightmare matchup. Like, it's interesting. But it would be so hard to read who's the threat because literally all you need is one spell, like Rise of the Dark Realms. Which, which should we read that? Like, do people know what that does? Yeah, for sure. Let's give it a read. The real thing I want to know is how much mana it is. I think it's like eight it's or some shit. Oh, it's, it's, ten. Ten. No, it's, it's, it's nine. It's nine. Nine? Oh, yep. two black nine mana. Okay. 
Seven and two black for a sorcery. Put all creature cards from all graveyards under the battlefield under your control. Boom. Very simple. Boom. Right there. And it's fucking like $20 card. 15 to 20. That's that's kind of yeah. crazy. I need one for a couple of different decks I have. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, okay. it's like, it's expensive, you know? Like, that is yeah. like a real late game card. But I don't know. I just, I never expect recursion in mass like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Probably because we don't have any like real graveyard decks in our group. Yeah. I mean, Rafine is kind of that, but it's one of the cool things about a casual format like this is like one person can have this one spell that just warps the game, you know, one huge high mana costed spell like Commander is still one of the only formats that can really support something so like silly and swingy like this. So I kind of love to see it. Uh, it's just yeah. hilarious to see it in a in its ideal scenario when everybody's been milling like on their own intentionally. Well, Insurrection is very similar. That's like mm. an old school. It's not really played as much anymore. So I kind of see it as like an old school win con mm-hmm. um, for Commander. Five colorless, three red, untap all creatures and gain control of them. And they get haste. Like you just take everything. Like it's these spells where you just take everything. You're like, it, the whole board is mine. It's kind of like a weird, I'd almost put like Psych Rift in the same category, mm. except it's a little too flexible, a little too powerful with the instant speed stuff, but it's this it's a huge too trash. mana thing that is just like, I'm the only person who's going to have a good board state now. Not you guys. It's just going to be me and I'm going to get overwhelming value and then I'm going to use the value to win. It doesn't automatically win, but you're probably going to win the next turn, mm-hmm. maybe the turn after that. I think it's mostly because so many of these weren't really made for like the multiplayer format in the same way. So it's like it would take you 10 mana, but the blowout was still a lot because it's your one opponent. But like yeah. now it's like you're getting so much more value. You're getting like yeah. two times the value. Well, like three times three the value. board states, three yeah. graveyards when you've been like knowing I, everybody. When you said that, around. I was literally like you could play a deck that was Rise from the Dark Realms and uh, and Swamps. Yeah, and that's it. And if like you're playing against like three mill decks, like or, or three well, like yeah. graveyard decks, like you just play that card and win. Like you literally don't need to do anything else. Like you just yeah. will likely win. You need to not die, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting spell because even though it is so expensive, obviously you can cheat the cost. Black is full of amazing rituals, lots of like mana doublers and shit like that. It, it's oddly a very good ramp color. Um, so you can get it early, but it is like super board dependent. Like I could see entire games go by where rise of the dark realm sucks and you're like, Oh, you want my like Sakura tri-builder for my graveyard. Okay. Yeah. All yours. Here you go. (laughs) The other thing that's honestly really funny about this to me is, and would be kind of salt inducing is that once that one player forfeits the game, their cards are gone. So your Rise yeah. of the Dark Realm suddenly got a lot worse. So it's yeah. it's kind of nice that the other players just called called it a scoop because they're like, well, it, you know, it would have been a huge blowout thing. But those cards can be really frustrating when someone reacts to this overwhelming card that you're playing by scooping and it yep. nerfs the card that you just cast. That can be a super frustrating situation. Well, that's like what we say, like people don't scoop at instant speed with good intentions. Like this person, <laughs> this Rolf player was like, I'm going to fuck up this spell uh with that flimsy excuse of like i got somewhere else to be like no you don't dude you're just about to win you don't have somewhere else to go i'm picturing this so funny man i'm picturing this less of like an excuse lie of oh i have to be somewhere else and more of a deep problematic sorrow of i need to be somewhere else i need to get away from here (laughs) i'm about to to flip out here anymore I am so salty. I need to to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't working for me anymore. I need That's... to be gone. Oh, my God. I feel God. like we're talking about it, but what is the official uh, salt rating here on this for you guys? Full shaker. Give it a full shaker. Yeah, I'd give it a full shaker. Maybe a few grains shy of a full shaker. You know, I mean, even though this person did scoop at instant speed, even though they did just like pack up their bag and walk away. They didn't like flip out or anything. They didn't say anything shitty. You know, I I think like as far as a salty scoop goes, having something that's a little bit more subdued like this is like the way to go. Mm -hmm. Because we've had other stories on this podcast where that's the moment where someone throws a card or like drop kicks a deck or fucking, you know, like screams or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like that shit 
just can be completely unhinged sometimes. That's true. It it was salt that didn't turn into meanness, which I appreciate. You know, it's just a sulky kind of salt. Yeah. yeah. Very sulky. Very salty. But <laughs> <laughs> a great move. Mm-hmm. I mean, expert politicking, G. All you had to say was, hey, look, I'm not the threat, man. And your opponent was like, yeah, you're right. And just completely turned their attention away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it that time of the week? You know it. Ooh, I think it is that time of the week, Tony. Oh, baby. What time is it, though? When's it come? It's that time of the week that comes every week. Hell fucking yeah. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. It's the salty card of the week. So glad you asked. The salty card of the week this week is far. Mike, tell the... me the salt. Yeah, tell me. Mike, tell me the salt. Mike, tell me salty cards. That's a Shaka Khan song for all the folks following along at home. <laughs> tell me something what good I... by Shaka Khan. Well, I will tell you something good. good. Someone to uh to like post a list of all of them. I don't want to go back and do it myself, but I'm hoping <laughs> someone at home is tracking along. <laughs> I hope so too. But something good, salty card of the week this week is Fall of the Thrawn. The fuck is this card? You know exactly <laughs> what, what this card is. <laughs> I know Sam has seen this card before. It is five and a white. For a saga, enchantment saga. This card. Chapter one is destroy all lands. Oh my fucking god! Chapters two and three are each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. It's a dumb card. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Sam, does this make you salty? I mean, yeah, but not like hugely salty. My salt with this card is weird. So you know, it makes me salty because it's it's a land destruction card but it's weird because it has like the clause where people return lands from the graveyard to the battlefield and it's like there's got to be a way to like break parody on that in like an interesting way hmm. but it makes yeah, me you just salty blow up your own saga after you do it or something like it, it makes me salty because mike put this in the secret <laughs> santa deck he gave me the abdel oh. far traveler deck <laughs> and like the whole purpose of it was that i would keep flickering it in and make, make Mike is so overjoyed. <laughs> He's cracking up. I, I saw that this was, this was the first day I saw that this was on the list and I was so excited. This brightened my whole day. So the, the Abdel deck like flickers your board, like world gorger dragon style. And like Mike's intent with this was that I would play it and just like flicker the board and make sure no one ever had lands. And then you win yeah. from there. And like, it was just a funny thing because he, he was like, there's a card in the deck and you'll know it when you see it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I drew it and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this, man? I don't <laughs> yeah, want my lands to be destroyed. <laughs> I remember him opening it up, like drawing a card and being like, what? Mike, what? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And me being like, do it. <laughs> seeing, seeing the six mana up and being like, do it. It's, it's time. Like, <laughs> it's just so chaotic. And it, it's an interesting card because you know, land destruction is one of those things, especially mass land destruction. It is one of those things that can break parity like really well. Like, you know, a lot of people don't like it. Of course, it's wicked salty mechanic. But when you destroy all the lands at the right time, and if you can recover faster than other people, or if you have a board state that's just powerful and like gets you through, it is a huge parity break. And you can really pull ahead with tons of value. But it's one of those cards that like, in that Abdel deck, like the stars need to align where I have a flicker combo. I have the fall of Thran in hand. I'm ahead in the board state and feel safe enough to destroy all hands. And it just has never happened to me. I, I think it's still in the deck, but it is just super funny, man. Better be. <laughs> uh, Tony, how does this one make you feel? I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. This falls into that typical category of nobody plays this with good intentions. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're you're never intending to play this in a world where people get the lands back. Like you're definitely just That's trying true. to fuck with people with it. Like That's true. Yeah. You're like doing some kind of like saga manipulation where you're removing lore counters and repeating yeah. the destroy all lands yeah. or you're flickering it or you're sacking it away or destroying it yourself. I think what also makes me 
salty about it is that like like Sam mentioned, for the stars to align for him to play it when it's most effective for him is a lot. But for him to play it when he could at least like get himself back in is probably more likely, which is more annoying because it's yeah. like, okay, now we're just <laughs> slowing the fucking game down. Like Sam's not getting parody. He's just slowed the rest of us down because he is jack all. And he's <laughs> like, okay, like this is how we'll do this. And he let it go one more turn and then flickered it so that like, you know, first we got two lands back, but then he fucking like, you know, yoinked all our shit again. Have I played uh, it? Did I play it one time? No, no, no. no. Um, I'm just so. envisioning the scenarios in which you would actually play it. And they just upset me. Yeah, like the only times I've ever had it in hand, it would be like the pure chaos play where I would just be like, <laughs> well, I'm destroying all the lands, everybody. <laughs> How about you, Mike? I love this card. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's so dude. You're, you get, you're overjoyed it's over there. land destruction on a flicker. Like that's why this makes it, I mean, pretty much all mass land destruction makes it on the salty card list, but this gets this bonus points for being repeatable without needing to repeat like, you know, any kind of spell casting thing like Armageddon, you got to find a way to get that back from your graveyard and cast yeah. it again. This, you just need anything that's flickering it. And I love it in Abdel because you can repeatedly just lock everybody out of having <laughs> lands and you can function on your turn with two lands. And then if you just have a bunch of rocks, which Abdel Adrian, there's a bunch of rocks in that. There deck. are, there are some rocks. So if you have a bunch of rocks, you can just play on top of the rocks and you're like mostly okay so while you're flickering and destroying evil. everybody's lands. <laughs> it's a good point. I guess I didn't consider that I still get the two lands back and then I can right. use those. Because that happens on your turn. Again. You're going to draw two lands. Right, the other he thing, gets too many ideas. The other thing that makes this pretty solid in some kind of Abdel Adrian deck is if you have enter the battlefield exile effects. So things that come in and exile a card or two. You can flicker this in, exile two lands, for example, from someone's oh, yard. Yeah. And then you can continue to like wipe out other people's lands so that they, when it hits the each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield clause, someone's just stuck there with no lands and they're mm. just wiped and you're again, out of parity. Listen to yourself. How many fucking turns is it going to take for all that to happen? We're just going to be like 10 turns later and Sam will have finally like gotten all of the lands out of our yard and I'm just like, but if you can't do anything, the Tony, thing is the turns so are fast. quick. Yeah. yeah. Draw go yeah. is very quick to say. So <laughs> there's really this, no it's not when, <laughs> when you're mad like it's draw look at the card know that it does nothing sit there and stare like fuck this and then pass like there is well, no you know, quick you're you're the king of the 10 minute turn and then you cast one spell and pass so <laughs> that is so fucking untrue and it makes me <laughs> no, mad it's real. that's so real so many fucking times sam just sits there and fucking is diddling himself for like 30 minutes and no one says anything and i'm like he actually just took like a, a long turn uh, i hate everyone uh so where does this good. sit on the fucking list like <laughs> well why don't you take some guesses? And 38. Sam, God damn it, Tony. I love it. I love that Tony always guesses first because then I can slip in with a I'm great I'm trying guess. so hard. I'm trying so hard to, to give you the opportunity. To... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 47, Mike. Yeah, you of course. Twat. You're going to slightly overcut him. Well, yes. it's uh, Sam takes the dub yet again. It is That's 91. Bullshit. Oh, wow. So it is pretty deep <laughs> down there. I'd I'm surprised. I, I think MLD, I usually assume MLD is top 50. Yeah, well, that, that's basically where I went at it. I do think that no one's playing this. It is also six mana, so that's like a little, you know, yeah, more prohibitive high. than some of the MLD. It does return the land, so it doesn't even scratch that like complete destruction itch that a lot of people playing MLD would have. And lastly, one additional stat about this card that I personally love is that it's 19 cents. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so for the, the just shy deck. of a quarter, you can really mess some people up. So <laughs> Some budget salt. Mm -hmm. Well, that wraps it up for the Salty Card of the Week. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a great Salty Card. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. If you want more Howling Salt Mine, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We have a monthly extra show, called Extra Salt. It's like a bonus show. We do deck techs. We do Q&A. We just kind of talk about things going on in our lives, magic related. We have our Stray Grain show, which is our short form show. All of the tangents and bits that don't make it into the show all collect there. And uh, the patrons get to hear those. And we have a great Discord. 
Um, and we're doing monthly game nights now, which is super exciting. And um, yeah, the Discord's a great time. We have like our deck list forum. We're all hanging out and chatting about spoilers in there, posting decks, talking about spicy cards every day. It's a really good time. If you have a salty story that you want read on a future episode, send it to us. Email it to us at our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com, or DM it to us on any of our social media, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter. You can find all those links in our link tree in the show notes. If you haven't given us a five-star review yet on your favorite podcast app, that really is something that does help us a lot. Uh, it increases the visibility of our podcast in like the greater algorithm out there and just kind of helps people find us in the wild, which is really awesome and helps support the show. We also have merchandise, our bonfire store. We've got some great t-shirts, some awesome swag that you guys can get. You can uh, walk into your LGS and let all the blue players know how you really feel and, and that you think they're all trash. <laughs> or just, you know, walk around with like a really awesome skull logo on your shirt. And speaking of that logo, we would be remiss if we did not mention our amazing podcast artist, JD Burnett. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really awesome guy. I think that's it, guys. Hell yeah, bitch. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card oh. during your draw step. Shit. What? I forgot. Uh, 10,000 subscribers are bust. <laughs> <laughs>